Today I'm speaking with Christina Campos, who's a mom of four school-age children from Denver, Colorado, and the founder of The Impactful Parent. Christina helps parents navigate through caregiving by providing resources, advice, and community. Today we're talking about her journey of self-discovery after her husband of 13 years left her with four young children to raise. You're listening to The Inspired Way, stories of everyday heroines, real-life inspiration. I'm your host, transformational coach and connection catalyst, C.J. Rivard. Join me weekly to hear real-life inspiration and tips for tackling your life's challenges. Each week, you'll hear from a relatable woman who shares about her struggles and the tools she used to work through them. By being women of courageous action, vision, and ongoing evolution, each of us can create a ripple of positive impact, and together, we'll create a wave of change. Join us. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Today, I am excited to be speaking to and welcoming Christina Campos, who is the impactful parent. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit, first of all, where are you dialing in from? I'm coming from Denver. Okay. And here I am on almost another part of the U.S. anyway, on, in the Northeast. Is it cold there? Not today, but it can be. <laughs> I, I would think, yes. And tell us a little bit. I know, obviously, you are a mother. Tell us about your family. Oh, I have four children, ages 8, 10, almost 17 here coming up in a few days and uh, 18 as of right now. And so, yeah, I'm a very busy household and I'm a single mom. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math. Are you going to have three teenagers at once? Not quite. Or will you? Almost. Anyway, no. <laughs> I, I had three at once several times. It was not fun, but, but neither is, they're all great. All, all great years. <laughs> So, and do you have anything you particularly like to do with the kids when they're around? Oh, I like activities? to do so much. Well, we're in Colorado. I love going fishing and I like going hiking with my kids. Oh, nice. So more summer sports. Yeah. I think of Colorado as, as ski country, but it is, that's but awesome. A lot yeah. of locals don't actually ski, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I live on an island and I don't get to the beach very often because we're, we're all too busy working in the summer. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so just to get us started, I think you brought a quote to share that you like. Yeah, so my favorite quote is that a wise man learns from their mistakes, but a wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. And so I really hope that your audience can learn from me today. I love that. I love that. That's why we're here. Yeah, really great words of wisdom there. So Christina's story goes back a number of years to when she was happily married. Do you want to take us back to where this story started? Tell us about sure. it. Well, my story actually begins with me crying in my closet. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that place in your home where you go to go hide away from your children so that they don't see you, whether it's to cry or to talk to your girlfriend on the phone or whatever that is. And 
I was crying in my closet for several months and you rewind. And the reason why I was crying in my closet was because I was getting a divorce and I didn't take that very lightly. I was very happily married for over 13 years and met him when I was young. We had four beautiful children, very storybook and everything was going great until of course it wasn't. <laughs> um, he just, you know, I feel like we just grew apart a little bit and I didn't know what was, what was happening. Why, why this had to be like this, but in the end, sometimes that's how relationships go. And I was getting a divorce. And when that happens, it's really scary. Yeah. I was um, a stay-at-home parent at the time. And when you know that a divorce is coming, you also know that everything is going to be changing. And not only because it's a divorce, but especially if you're a stay-at-home parent, sometimes you don't get to continue to stay at home. (laughs) So everything flip-flops. Now I have to figure out how I'm going to be a single mom. What's that going to look like? And am I going to stay where I'm at? Am I going to go back to work? What is that going to... It was so, so scary that... I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Like divorce is scary. Mm. It's not only sad and upsetting and all the other feelings that you're having because of it happening, but it is terrifying because everything is going to change. And I even like change, but when I couldn't see past the end of my nose to figure out what's going to happen next, it just terrified me. Yeah. And I took a lot of time to cry and cry and cry in my closet. But there does also come a point of pivot where you have to say, okay, I let all of my emotions out. I need to pick myself up from my bootstraps and figure out how I'm going to be moving forward with my life. And I think if you're a parent, that decision to pivot comes a little bit easier because you have these people watching you saying, what are we going to do now, mom? What's kind of, how are you going to react to this? What's happening? And those eyes are watching you. And so I knew I had to make that decision. The problem was, is once the decision was made, the hard part began. And that was because I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, whoa, I don't even know who that person is anymore. I was shocked. You start to question everything. Wait a second. Do I like that movie or am I watching it because it was habit and he liked it? Do I want to eat that for dinner? Because... That's something I used to cook all the time. Or do I not? Do I even like that food? I mean, wow. you start just questioning everything about everything, and I felt lost, and then even worse, more scared. Yeah, <laughs> because I didn't recognize who I was. How am I going to be a single mom? How am I going to move forward if I don't even know who I am, what I want to do, what I like? I just, I was so wrapped up in motherhood that I just kind of lost all the things that used to be me, used to be Christina. And when I realized that, again, it was really scary, but those eyes are still watching you. And it's like, okay, now how am I going to pull myself together and figure out who I am so I can move forward and really be more authentic to myself because obviously I haven't been. (laughs) So 
now I have to do that. There's nobody else that I'm going to have to talk to, to compromise with, to, you know, that spouse, mm-hmm. that partner. I don't have that anymore. So now I got to make the choices, but I just didn't even know what choices to make because I didn't know what I liked. Yep. So I started going through this process of free self-discovery again. Oh, and I'm, it sounds so easy, but can I tell you, it is so hard. It's so, so difficult because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I started just intentionally doing certain things to really help me discover who I am. Um, for example, like I would wake up in the morning and say, I got to make one hour for myself, just one. I'm a single mom of four kids now. One hour is all I got. And sometimes it's less and sometimes it's more. One hour is quite a bit with that. <laughs> I'm going to go for one hour. You got to be really creative with that one hour because maybe that, that day I wanted to work out for my one hour, try to exercise for my own health. Well, I couldn't find the part in the day to do that. So maybe what I did was I had to go to a rugby game that day because my kid, my boys play rugby, you know, so maybe I would run around the rugby pitch. That's what they call the field in rugby. I'd run around the rugby pitch to get my exercise in. I hate running. I don't like running, but it was the only way I could exercise to take care of myself and have time for myself in that day. And I would still be able to be present for my kids and still could be there for them, right? They saw me running around the pitch. I didn't leave, but it was my way to do that. Creative. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you had to start doing stuff like that. I went back to school and that was a huge shift. But again, I didn't even know what I was going to major in. I didn't even know what I wanted to do with that. But I started making these intentional decisions because I may not have known what I wanted to do with another degree, but at least I knew I was trying to better myself and it was going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I changed my major and whatever as you know, years went by, but at least I was trying to be intentional. And I think one of the most common mistakes that I used to make that I hope people can learn from me now is that I used to talk to myself in a negative way and not even realize it. I would put these boundaries on myself that I didn't even know I was doing. And let me give you an example. So I might say in the morning, I'd wake up and say, okay, I could wake up early before my kids got out of bed and exercise, but I'm just not a morning person. Now, when I say that to myself, I didn't even recognize that I was putting a boundary on the things that I could do. I, by saying, I'm just not a morning person, it's saying that I can't do it. So I had to start taking that can't out of my vocabulary. And again, that can't is sometimes masked in other words, like I'm not that kind of person. So instead, now, today, I've changed that. I still wake up and say, well, I would wake up in the morning and wake up early and exercise before my kids wake up, but I don't want to. I love that 30 minutes of just lying in my bed and sitting on my phone and just waking up and having a little quiet time before the chaos. That's what I like. 
And even though I'm still not getting up early to do that, because I don't want to exercise in the morning, I'm owning that that's not for me, but it's not saying that I can't. So Mm -hmm. when you can't, there's no choice there. When I say, I don't want to, I can change my mind. Now I won't, because that's not what I want to do right now, but it gives me the opportunity to change my mind if I did. So it's about really owning some choices that I made and owning the choices saying, that's not for me. I don't really want to do that. Instead of saying, eh, I can't, or that's right. That's not who I am. Or those, those limiting boundaries, that self-fulfilling prophecy. It took, it takes so much work. It takes so yeah. much effort. First, but you have to know it's there. You have to notice it first. You do. It's a lot of self-searching and stuff. And, and so many people lose themselves in motherhood the way I did. Dads so, too. Yeah, parenthood. So Christina, when you were talking about the negative self-talk and going down, you know, really having to notice and uh, work on your word choices, was some of that coming out or a result of the divorce? Like failed marriage? You know, was that part? I would think for a lot of women, that would be part of what you have to work Oh, yeah. I was in a, you know, I was in such a bad place. You feel rejected and like unlovable and not wanted. And those are just the tip of the iceberg kind of feelings that you're feeling when somebody doesn't want to be with you anymore. (laughs) And I was blessed to not right away, maybe like a year and a half, two years um, after the divorce to, to meet this man actually, who on a whim, um, on a, doesn't even live in the same state as I do. Actually, I, I met him and he just looked at me and thought I was the best thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Why would you want this crazy? (laughs) And it was through his help that helped me also realize that that I didn't have to look at myself that way. Mm-hmm. My friends did the same thing. One of the things right away that I did after my divorce was I wanted to do push that restart button mm-hmm. on my whole life. I said, okay, I need this restart button right now. We're going to start all over because apparently I wasn't doing it right before. <laughs> so let's do it now the right way. And one of the ways to restart was to surround myself with new people. I needed fresh eyes. I needed people to see Christina for Christina and not mom Christina, not the teacher Christina, not the wife of so-and-so Christina. Mm-hmm. I needed fresh eyes. So I started going to meetup groups and I joined a tennis league and volleyball league and things like that. I needed those fresh eyes so badly. And again, was so lucky to find a couple of women that also going through similar circumstances. So we bonded, of course, but could say, Hey, do you like that? Do you want this? Do you want to go over here and go do this with me? And it gave me the opportunity to say, Hey, huh? Do I want to go there? Do I like to do something like that? Maybe I will try something different. Maybe I won't, you know, but again, it allowed me to make those choices and then to have somebody who didn't know the past self say, you know, have those fresh eyes on you and, and be able to see you in a different perspective mm-hmm. was very 
refreshing and helped in that rediscovery process of figuring out who I was. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. So tell us first where you are or what you do now. Obviously, you work with parents. I'm getting the feeling. Yeah, I do. So I was a teacher for over 20 years. And as I was trying to figure out why did my divorce fail and why did, you know, cause you don't want to repeat bad mistakes. So you got to re- reflect on that. And it's hard mm-hmm. to look at yourself in the mirror and really be honest about certain things. But as I was really trying to push my boundaries and myself to be a better person moving forward, I had to admit to myself that I was giving too much to everybody else. And in that case, I was giving myself too much to my profession. As a teacher, I didn't consider it a nine to five job. I took everything home with me. I took the students' concerns with me. I wanted to help them. That's what teachers do, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized, wait a second, my kids are going through a really shift, bad shift too. Their whole life is turning upside down too. They really need me. And on top of that, at the time I had these emerging teenagers And I saw how difficult, not only was the divorce going to be for them, but they're teenagers. That's hard. (laughs) So wouldn't want to do it again. (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm like, they, they need me more now than they ever have. I could sense it. And yet I wasn't giving them what I, what they needed. So I had to make that tough choice of stop taking care of everybody else's kids and to start taking care of my own. And I didn't want to quit teaching. I loved it, but I needed to put my kids first. And again, I went back to school. So I knew I was capable of other things. Problem was after I got my degree, (laughs) I realized I'm going to be the worst employee ever because working for somebody else, I have four kids. One of them gets sick. I'm not going to show up. I'm going to go and be home with them because that's the whole, my whole purpose moving forward. (laughs) So I'm going to be the worst employee. If something they need me, I'm not going to, I'm going to try to put them as a priority. So with that in mind, I thought, well, if I can't be an employee and I can't be a teacher, like I want to be, what can I do? And I am a giver. I love to help people. So I decided to found my own business. And it's an online business, so everything is online. So I can make my own schedule and I could still try to be there for my family as much as possible, but still have that ability to live my authentic self and give to people and help others the way that I need to in order to sleep well at night and fulfill my own soul. So it's been a great compromise. And as I am learning, it's all a process. I mean, it sounds so easy when I say it, but we're talking about the last six years of a lot of tough, tough choices and self-discovery and man, all the emotions, all of them <laughs> just crammed together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a scary, it's scary and it's, it's exhausting. It's a journey. <laughs> so Christina, what would you say maybe your biggest lesson learned would have been or the most profound to you now where you are that you've taken away from this journey you've been on since your husband left? I would say that I would have made it more a priority to not lose myself to begin with in the whole motherhood thing. I know it's something that 
it doesn't even ha happen intentionally. So I don't know how I would have had the foresight to do it before. Yeah. It's something that happens when we just throw ourselves into our kids so much that we put ourselves in a lower priority. So my biggest lesson learned was to make myself a priority. And when I say that, mm. I want people to realize that, <laughs> let's be realistic here. Your kids come first. They are going to be your first priority, but you need to be at least in the top five <laughs> of yourself. <laughs> okay. So making myself a priority has been the best lesson that I've learned. And it's not the first priority, but it's in the top five and make sure that I have myself in top five now. And with that, I'm able to be a better parent actually, because sure. the more you can fill up your own tank, the more energy you have, the more authentic self that you can be. My kids see it. They see mom so much more happier now. So they're mm -hmm. happier now. They, mm -hmm. they don't want a parent that's exhausted and crabby and short with them and has a temper. <laughs> oh no, I better get my act together. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and those are things that happen when you put yourself low on the list. And so yep. by making yourself a priority, you actually become a better parent. And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn yeah. because I think that had I put myself in a priority years ago, I might've had been a better spouse too. That's a, that is a really powerful lesson there because I know lots and lots of women, even if you're not a mother, women tend to be caregivers and we give, whether it's to a partner or our aging parents or groups of friends, we just give and give. And I think that it's kind of not a natural thing to chisel out that time and make ourselves somewhere in that, that priority range. And we have to, that's such a powerful lesson right there. And it's easier said than done. I know because I've been really down is. that working mother of four road. It's really hard. And I can't say there've been yeah a lot of years. I didn't do a very good job of it, but. It's... And I'd say for anybody out there who's listening to me right now and this journey, and I'd like for you to learn from me, <laughs> Like in the beginning, it's a lot of fake it till you make it. I would look myself in the mirror and just lie to myself and say, I got this. I am a strong, independent woman. I, I can do this on my own. And it was lying to myself in the beginning because I did not believe those things. But I knew that's where I wanted to be. I knew that's what I wanted to believe. So I just kept saying it over and over. I can do this. I can take care of myself. I can be the person that I want to be. And it is a fake it till you make it. And I promise you that if you continue with it and you're diligent, you really have to say it to yourself over and over and over again, mm -hmm. eventually you start to believe what you're saying. Absolutely. And I Just a quick interjection, and I'm going to get the statistic wrong, but I did hear that when people tell a lie, like maybe just a little white lie, but you tell a lie enough times, and it's only like seven times, 11 times, you do start to believe it. It's incredible that the, the brain works that way, but you're telling it that, and eventually it does believe that. I, I just wanted to point that out. I have heard that's a, that's a real thing. 
So yeah. tell, your, tell yourself good it's stuff. It's so important that you talk to yourself positively. Mm-hmm. Because if you talk to yourself negatively, you're going to believe that too. Absolutely. So yeah. I cannot stress enough to anybody out there who might be resonating with my story at all. Fake it till you make it. Really try to stop the negative talk. Really try to start the positive talk. Even if you just are looking at yourself in the mirror saying, this girl is a fool. <laughs> like You might be thinking it, but don't say it out loud. Just keep the positive, keep it going. Mm-hmm. And it works. It'll happen. You, and you can do it. You are strong. But the, the first thing you have to do is love and believe in yourself. And yeah, that's where it all starts. That was a really powerful lesson brought home. Thank you, Christina. So is there anything you think we haven't covered that was impactful for you in this process? You've shared a lot of nuggets. Is there anything as we wrap up, you feel like you need to highlight a little more? I think that just that, you know, you can do it. It's so difficult and I, I feel your pain. And I know how all the emotions are flowing through your body right now. If you're listening to this and you feel helpless and hopeless and unloved and unwanted and scared and mad. And I mean, it's just everything, but you're not alone and you can do it. You can do this. You can, you can push through one day at a time. It is baby steps, but baby steps is progress. And that's how you have to look at it. Just Mm -hmm. a little tiny baby step every day, a little tiny goal that you want to achieve set in the morning, try to get it done by the end of the day. And if you can't, that's okay. Just the next day, try a little harder until it's done. And it's those baby steps that starts to create the momentum that you need in order to be your best self. That's right. And you can extrapolate that to a lot of situations, even if you're not going through a divorce. So I hope you were taking notes. So Christina, how can people learn more about you or connect? Sure. Well, I actually have a free PDF for your audience today. Um, They can find that at theimpactfulparent.com slash life beyond children is what it's called. So theimpactfulparent.com slash life beyond children. And I give you, I think it's, it's like 20. There's several tips on there, other things that I did, including some of the things that I told you today, how I helped rediscover myself when I went through my huge transition and process to to really be the best mom I can by by living more authentically. And you can follow me on social media. I'm at The Impactful Parent, and my podcast is Impactful Parenting Podcast, and I'm everywhere. So I would love for any parents out there who want to get some free tips or resources to come and join me. That's great. Thank you so much. And we will include those links in the show notes. So you don't have to write those down while you're driving as an example. (laughs) Super. Well, thank you again. This has been really inspirational. So I appreciate you sharing your, your time and your wisdom, Christina, and I appreciate you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to join our free women's Facebook group if you're not there already. That's where all the action is taking place. And sign up for our newsletter. When you do, you'll receive a complimentary growth plan template. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.